You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Jets podcast. It is Monday, October 7th, 2019, and I am your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Great to be with you today on a day that's not great for Jets fans. They fell to 0-4 yesterday, losing to the Philadelphia Eagles 31-6 in Philadelphia, and we're going to talk about the game. But first, before that, if you enjoy this show, please do subscribe to it. You can do it on your favorite podcast venue. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify are among your options. And we'll deliver to the show your, the show to your device every day. New episodes, we do this five days a week. You'll get one a week each morning if you subscribe. Also, if you enjoy the show, please give leave it a good review. I certainly do appreciate it. You know, as I was watching that game yesterday, I thought about this joke my dad usually tells when a coach has a particularly terrible game. And he did not say this directly to me, but it's something he said in the past where take a coach, let's say it's Adam Gase, and he'll say something along the lines of, you know, I don't know what else Gase could have done there. I watched him. That guy did everything in his power. He paced in one direction. He paced in the other direction. He folded his arms. He sighed. He pulled out a Sharpie. He took the cap off the Sharpie. He put the cap back on the Sharpie, pulled the cap off the Sharpie again, and scribbled some notes. I mean, what else do you want the guy to do? And that's kind of the way I felt watching that game yesterday. You know, two weeks ago, we were sitting here when the Jets had played a terrible game in New England and I called it a disgraceful performance and all I can say it was another just disgraceful performance by the New York Jets yesterday they fell 31 to 6 and you know there are lots of issues on this team that are just interconnected Um, you know I mean first of all you look at coming out of the bye there were two major lineup changes where guys were benched and neither of them made a lot of sense to me uh, first of all, I don't understand how Trumaine Johnson gets back into the, the lineup. The Jets are saying he's practicing well. I, I mean, look at the games. The, guy, the guy's been awful. And Nate Hairston, I think, has been okay. I mean, I don't think Nate, Nate Hairston's been shut down corner, but I think he certainly looked better than Trumaine Johnson. How do you put Trumaine Johnson back in the, the line? He looked terrible. And if Carson Wentz had connected on a few balls, this would be just a terrible – it would have been like one of those all-time games for Trumaine Johnson. I mean, Trumaine Johnson's giving 25 25- – a 20, 20, I'm sorry, 15 to 20 yard cushion and getting burned over the top, getting leave, being left in the dust. I, I don't understand that. And the other one, and this one really kind of encapsulates how circular the problems are with this team, is putting Chuma Idoga in for Brandon Shell. And I've talked about this. I said I said this on the show, so I do think I, I have some credibility on this issue. As I mentioned, that I felt like you know some personnel changes on the offensive line were probably merited based on how guys have played. But I did say I've said this that I don't think you can put Adoga at tackle for either Kelvin Beecham or Brandon Shell. And I don't know what happened with Brandon Shell. Maybe there was a reason we don't know about at this point in time why Shell was be- not only benched but inactive. Maybe there's something we don't know. And look, I'm not. I don't want to defend Brandon Shell's performance because he's been bad. But so is everybody. I don't see how you blame Brandon Shell for the offensive lines woes by benching him. But he's the guy that goes to the bench. And I certainly don't see how you put Chuma Adoga in there. Who, let's be honest, looked like a third. Looked every but the inexperienced rookie. He looked terrible. Like he looked unplayable. And I don't know how you, as a coach, sit down and evaluate and say this is our this is our best right tackle. I, I don't get it. And that just shows you how circular the problems are because, you know, is it coaching? Is it players? You know, the offensive line stinks. Well, is it coaching because you're putting the wrong players in? 
Well, probably a little bit of that. It's also obviously a lot of the talent. A lot, a lot of it's just the Jets lack talent up front, and it was just. But at the same time, I mean, this is not an offensive line that should be allowing ten sacks, and they gave up ten sacks in that game. I mean, this is just like comedic how bad these guys are right now. It's I, I their words fail, and Damian Woody, of course, the former Jets offensive lineman, he played right tackle, tremendous right tackle for a couple of years for the Jets. Uh, no, it was not with the team forever. A couple of years, I mean, he called out the coaching that they can't even pick up basic stunts at this point. It just it boggles the mind how bad this offensive line is. So I think it's a little bit of everything. It's a little bit of the coaching. It's a little bit of the quarterback play. I mean, Luke Falk, let's be honest, he looks awful in the play. He, he has zero pocket. I, I commented during the game that if it's possible to have negative pocket presence, that's what Luke Falk has because he just has he has no feel at all for the pass rush. And that fumble that he that ball he fumbled that the Eagles returned for a touchdown. I mean, he, that was one of the few times where the pocket was pretty good, where he actually had time to not get strip-sacked, and he did not do it. Uh, so, and, But that goes back to, again, that, that goes back to coaching. I mean, this was the coach's handpick. Every quarterback who's on this team, who's been on this team this year, aside from Sam Darnold, was brought in by the head coach. So, you know, everybody's got to take some of the blame for this. I think that there are three, pro- there are three big problems for this team right now, and it's difficult to see where one problem begins and the other problem ends. You have the quarterback where at least you're going to, at least, you know, hopefully Sam's going to be back soon. You have the offensive line, which is just a mess. Football's a game in the trenches, one in the trenches. And you have the coaching. And again, like, I don't know where one begins and one ends, and at least when it comes to this stuff. I mean, I can t- we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the coaching in our next segment because, I mean, some of this stuff is just boggles the mind but it's difficult it's really difficult these these problems are so interconnected at this point and you hope you get sam back you know hopefully next week although you you know i can't even blame you i'm not going to say this i can't even blame you if you say you don't want sam back next week because the way this offensive line is blocking do you really want to put your franchise quarterback and i I mean he the answer is you have to because you have to try and win the games You you can't just give up as even though this team's not going anywhere, you have to try and win the game. So if your franchise quarterback is healthy, you have to put him out. But I mean, it is the thought of putting him out there is scary. The way this, the way the way, the way the rest of this team is playing, especially the offensive line. Offensive line looks lost. Coaching certainly didn't help. They certainly didn't fig- figure out what was wrong. If they thought that uh, Brandon Shell, you know, putting Chuma Idoga in for Brandon Shell was going to fix all that ails the offensive line, that certainly did not pan out. And the quarter, you know, at least the quarterback, at least there, there's a easier relatively easier answer to fixing the quarterback situation is Sam Darnold getting back into the lineup but you know you look at the situation right now you've got some bad luck with the quarterback some bad personnel evaluations with the quarterback you brought in and the offensive line and the offensive line is not really one of the frustrating things about the offensive line it's not really the people here who botch those evaluations it's the past regime and you have coaching and we're going to talk a little bit more about the coaching when we get when we get back here on the Lockdown Jets podcast. Roman Swipes is a men's health company with a product that's clinically proven to help you last longer. They're effective and easy to use, but they don't require a prescription. Roman can ship swipes to you in a discreet, unmarked package, and each swipes packet is small enough to hide in your wallet. You can get $10 off your first order of swipes and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL, G-E-T, 
R-O-M-A-N.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $10 off and free two-day shipping. Locked on Jets podcast as the Jets fall to 0-4, an ugly 31-6 loss at Philadelphia against the Eagles. And I'm talking about all the stuff that's going wrong with this team right now. And I, you know, I, I think there are three main culprits. There's the quarterback play, there's the offensive line play, and there's the coaching. And you know, the reason I, I focus on the coaching more than anything else is it's not necessarily is that the coaching is the reason that they're losing these games. I, I think that there are uh, there are other issues with this team, but you know, look at the problems and the quarterback play can't be fixed until Sam Darnold comes back. I mean, you just have a guy who's you know not really up to caliber in the NFL. And by the way, he's also a guy the coach wanted, so you can't absolve the coaching completely from that. But there's nothing that can be fixed there. And you look at the offensive line, and it should be better. And, again, part of that probably falls on coaching. But, there, again, there's not really a lot you can do. I mean, what's the, what's the big move you could make? You, you put a doga in for Shell, which was dumb anyway, but you know, there, there's not much you can do there. So that can't be fixed. I mean, there, there's only you, you run into an issue where you just don't have the personnel. When you talk about player performance, you don't have the personnel. Whereas coaching performance is something that you can improve, or at least you should be able to improve. And, you know, when I look at these numbers, these numbers are just historically awful. And, you know, two straight games where you're averaging just over two yards per play, under two and a half yards per play, I mean, that just doesn't cut it. And, you know, here's my problems. Yeah, they've been given a terrible hand. But it's not like Adam Gase and this coaching staff are the first team to ever lose their starting quarterback. It's not like they're the first team to ever lose their backup quarterback. It's not like they're the first team that's ever had talent issues. At some point, your performance is just so bad that it's unacceptable. And it's especially unacceptable when this happens out of a bye off a performance like you had against New England. Because you had two weeks to figure this thing out. You had two weeks to figure this thing out and at least figure out some way. I'm not expecting you to be the Chiefs. I'm not expecting you to be the greatest show on turf Rams. I'm not expecting you to be the Brady Moss Patriots. I'm expecting you to have stretches of competency. Like you have on def- like this defense is not talented at all. The issues at edge, issues at corner. I mean, they have issues at all the premium positions on defense. But they at least show some fight. You know, the the defense I think relative to its talent is probably overperformed. And they they have moments where they're pretty good. I mean, they, the defense allowed 17 points in this game. 31 points. 14 of the 14 were scored by the Eagles' a defense. 17 were scored by the their offense. I mean, 17 points is not bad performance at all by the defense those guys are out there fighting and they don't they're seriously undermanned right now so i don't think you can just look at this and totally absolve the coaches because of the lack of talent but you know it goes it goes deeper than that again you just reach a certain point where the performance is unacceptable and you know what good good play calling is good play calling is figuring out ways to make things work just based on design like they did they did that on the touchdown to vincent smith like, that was actually a really good design, and that showed you. That wasn't because, like, the Jets had super players. because they executed a play that was well-designed. It was about the only well-designed play I saw all game. And that's the that's – the, you don't see more things like that. And you create those well-designed plays by studying the opponent's tendencies, figuring out their weaknesses, figuring out how your, your skill players can mesh. But I think most importantly, especially when you're dealing with a limited quarterback, is figuring out – you know, working with him on a few things, at least – getting a few concepts that he can execute. If you're on the NFL level, you can execute a few concepts. The Jets didn't do that. You know why the Jets didn't do that? Because they spent the entire week giving Sam Darnold all the first-team reps when they knew 
there was a chance he couldn't play. I mean, they were talking Monday about this, about how, well, they weren't sure whether he'd be able to play. And they talked about how they may, they'll have to prepare Falk just in case. And they didn't do it. The report came out Sunday morning. They gave all the first team reps to Darnold. And I know the response people have is, well, Falk wasn't that good. He wasn't that good anyway. Well, if a guy's not good, doesn't that mean he needs first team reps more? Than, doesn't he need practice reps more than anybody? Because he's comp- trying to compensate for a lack of talent. So you have to, to compensate for a lack of talent. He really needs to know the game plan, doesn't he? And it's just the type of stuff where you, you look at this fail to prepare is prepare to fail. And I just don't understand that. Um, I don't understand the, the moves that they made. Again, I go back to Adoga. I don't get that move at all. And just how many times, I mean, how often did they look unprepared in this game? I mean, first settling for the field goal, for settling for the long field goal, the field goal over 50 yards, and then burning a timeout because you can't get the guys out in time because the coach couldn't decide what he wanted to do. First of all, very conservative strategy. It was 14 nothing, I believe, at the time. Jets are struggling on off. You know, they're trying to, you're looking to catch lightning in a bottle. And they, first of all, they kick a long field goal, which has no shot. I mean, even on the CBS announcers were saying, like, there, there was talk on the Eagles sideline about the Jets trying a field goal that long. Uh, the, they were talking about they were uh, talking the Eagles bench. The Eagles couldn't believe they tried it because that kick had no shot. The Jets should have gone for it, but also the fact that they had to burn a timeout because they weren't ready. And how many undisciplined plays were there? I mean, look, at some point, this is just a you just have to say this is a poorly coached team. This is a very poorly coached team. And to perform like this out of a bye, there's just no excuse for it. This is a team that. I really don't like using this comparison, but I've seen through the years over the last, you know, what, 23 years, I've seen games where I've said that team kind of reminds me of the Kotite days. I've never seen a four-game stretch. I don't think I've seen a four-game stretch of successive game after game after game after game where I said, that looks like a Kotite team. I mean, you go back to week one where they almost take a safety because they have 10 guys on the field, not 11. They have 10 guys on the field at a snap in the shadow of their own goal line. They blow a 16-point lead. You have week two where they're sliding away from no, not nobody's blocking Miles Garrett. I mean, the last two games, this out of a bye. I mean, who the heck is coaching this team right now? They, they can't execute basic things. You look at this. I mean, who the heck is coaching this team right now? What's something's got to give eventually because nothing they're doing. Mean, it's unbelievable. This does not look like an NFL team right now. I'm not saying that to like pick on people. This does not look like an NFL team right now. And you know, something's got to, something's got to change it fast. And the issue is not just the quarterback, you know, Sam Darnold coming back is going to help, but it's not going to fix. There are deeper fundamental issues with this, this team. And as I said, Look, quarterback, I guess you can fix. Quarterback can't be fixed until Sam Darnold comes back. Luke Falk's not going to magically become a credible quarterback. The offensive line is not going to magically develop good, could turn into good players. But there are things you can do to work around these as coaches, as a coaching staff. And the coaches can do a better job, and they are not doing the job at this point. What I'm about to say, I, I don't have any insider information to back this up. This is just totally my read on the situation, but. There seems to be some trepidation in the fan base. You know, will Gase survive past year one? And again, this is just my read. I, I'm just me making my own read on the situation, my own observation. But I, I, unless things drastically improve, 
I don't think there's a chance he's coming back for a year or two at, at this point. And, you know, I go back and I just look at myself. And you, if you listen to this show, you know that you probably notice there's a distinct lack of anger in my voice. There's not a ton of passion. And, you know, part of it's, I mean, well, part of it's I did a lot of mourning in the off season. I was just very, I was very frustrated by any number of things the Jets had in the off season. So, I probably just resigned myself to the possibility. I was hoping, you know, by the time the season started, I was hoping for the best. I was hoping for a good year. I was hoping to, to see the, the the possible path for success. But I was kind of resigned to the idea that, you know, it certainly could fall apart for this team because just there were lots of things I had issues with in the offseason. But part of it is I've just kind of resigned. I'm just kind of resigned to the fate this team has right now. There's no real excitement in watching this football team. You know that they're going to go out and they're not going to play competitive football. There's no passion anymore in me, and I, th- I feel like I'm not alone in that. I feel like you know, maybe uh, maybe that's kind of where a lot of this fan base is, where they're just people resigned to losing, and there's not really enthusiasm about the team anymore. And just from what I know about the NFL, that's the thing that causes change more often than not, more often than anything. What causes change is just fan apathy, where fans just don't care anymore. And I'm going to be interested to see what happens next week in Dallas against Dallas. And I'm not telling you to stay home. If you want to go to games, I mean, you pay a lot of money for these tickets. I'm certainly not telling. I'm not going to be the one to tell you to boycott the team. But I think a lot of people are just going to get tired of it. I'm, I'm interested to see, and I, I dread a little bit to see how many Cowboys fans are going to fill up MetLife Stadium. And you look at the rest of the, the season, if things don't – now, listen, things could always improve. You know, maybe, maybe the Jets start to turn it around. Darnold comes back, and the coaching staff starts to do a little bit better job. Team starts to get healthy. Things could improve. I'm not, I'm not predicting the end of the year. But what I am predicting is that things don't – if we don't see a drastic change in the way this team is performing – I mean, MetLife Stadium is going to be a ghost town around the end of the year. And that's something that I think that this coaching staff cannot survive. I think that that more than I've I've been told this by people in the league before that nothing gets people, nothing gets coaches fired faster than empty seats. It's just a distinct lack of uh, fan enthusiasm, a distinct fan apathy. Those are the things that really get coaches into trouble because you look at this, this is just, I mean, I was talking to my dad today. I was talking to my dad yesterday after the game and he's kind of like, yeah, it was, I mean, my dad watches every week and he's kind of like, yeah, it was kind of in and out of the game. My dad's as big of a fan as anybody. I mean, you go back, we had him on the show a few months ago. He's a season ticket holder back in Shea Stadium. And he doesn't even really care at this point. And I, I mean, that's kind of the way I feel kind of detached from this at this point. And, you know, maybe they'll say that's bad of me. Well, maybe it is, but that's how I feel. It's just this team's very difficult to get enthusiastic about right now because of how bad it's been. You know, there's just, and I feel, again, like maybe I'm projecting my own views onto the rest of the family. I talk with a lot of Jets fans. It's one of the things I do on the website, on the podcast. I feel like I'm not alone in this where there's just not a lot of passion about this team right now. You know, the, the years past when they've been bad, I've been really frustrated, been angry. I think back to you know years, maybe five years ago, that Idzik year in 2014, I was angry, I was frustrated. You know, I think back to 2012, the Tebow year, I was frustrated with the team. The Cote, it was embarrassing to be a fan during the Cote. It was, there, was, there, was, there was emotion stirring. This year, it's just like, uh, who cares? Let's just get through this season. Let's just, uh, you know, we have to watch another game on Sunday. 
that's not good and that's not good and that's the reason i think that might be the reason this coaching staff could be in trouble unless something changes and something changes that means they have to get us back in it means they have to get us excited to watch just football again if it doesn't happen then i would expect some drastic changes but that's again that's just me that's not me giving you insider information that's just me offering my opinion my read on the situation that's our show for today. Thanks for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you like the show, please subscribe to it. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify are among your choices. And leave the show a good review if you enjoy it. Have a good Monday, everybody. We'll be back again tomorrow to talk more Jets.